From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Vsin's Betting Across America comes to you on Father's Day live from Las Vegas and from Denver. I'm Adam Candy here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas is in Denver, Colorado. We hope you are having a fantastic afternoon and we hope that we can make you just a little bit smarter for your betting on your Father's Day Sunday. As well, uh, we will bring in one of our good friends here in just a couple of minutes, Jonathan Von Tobel, talk through Game 7 between the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as Game 1 between his Los Angeles Clippers and the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals. Baseball underway and getting started here in the next hour. Quickly, let's get you updated on what's happening right now around the majors. And then James and I will talk through a couple of games that are coming up. Indians get a run, and they are now out in front of the Pittsburgh Pirates. one nothing. That game is in the fifth inning. Indians move from, uh, I believe, about a plus-130 dog to a minus-205 favorite. Pirates coming back plus-163. Uh, most of these scores have stayed the same. Orioles won nothing over the Blue Jays. Yankees trail the Athletics one nothing. Nats have added a run on an RBI single by Josh Bell. They are up two to one on the New York Mets. Mets are plus one sixty coming back there. Yankees are minus one oh six, and the 
Blue Jays, if you want to bet the dog, are plus 106. Let's get you ready for games starting here at the top of the hour. The Red Sox are visiting the Kansas City Royals. We also have the White Sox and the Astros game that uh, I was involved in yesterday. did not quite go my way, and I don't think I'll be jumping back in here today. But the Orioles, uh, excuse me, the Red Sox with Nathan Ivaldi, Kansas City with Mike Miner going in that one. Red Sox minus 131, Royals plus 121, pregame total of 9.5. And then in that White Sox and Astros game, uh, former Astro Dallas Keuchel, is going for the Chicago White Sox. Lance McCullers on the mound for the Houston Astros. Minus 135 on the Astros, plus 125 on the White Sox. Eight and a half is your total in that game. Cardinals and the Braves were rained out yesterday, so you will have a couple of seven-inning games here with Adam Wainwright, who was supposed to get the start yesterday against Blaine Wilson for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, You see the Braves minus 115, Cardinals plus 105, total of 7.5. Remember, talking about a seven-inning game there, so adjust your expectations accordingly for that one. Uh, Miami visiting Chicago. It's Alec Mills, uh, he of the no-hitter under his belt, facing Thompson for Miami. Uh, You are seeing the Cubs as little heavier favorites there. Minus 150. Marlins plus 140. Total is nine and a half. Twins and the Rangers. Kenta Maeda against Dane Dunning. Uh, Dunning, I know James, a guy that you have uh, ridden with a few times this year as the Twins. Minus 127. Rangers plus 117. Total of eight. That game is an 11-35 start here on the West Coast. 235 on the East Coast. Uh, James, I don't believe you have any entries into any of those games. Am I correct about that? Correct. And I was thinking about Dunning. I have backed Dunning a few times and, and I like I love the tempo that Dunning brings. I've seen him. I saw him here in, in Colorado in Denver uh, for a couple, uh, one of the starts. And I like his tempo. He gets up there. He works fast. He challenges hitters. He's not afraid to work up in the zone and fire at hitters and pitch inside as well. But it was just too much of a struggle with me with the Rangers just struggling to hit the baseball, especially been struggling all season, but now really struggling lately to get any kind of run support for these pitchers. So I had to lay off, even though I was looking at the dog number and like, yeah, this is a good spot for Dunning. Plus the point, plus the number, but ultimately no play for me. Over at the U.S. Open, of course, the leaders have not gotten going just yet. Checking to see if anybody's made a move here. Nobody uh, really of note. Uh, Daniel Berger ha- is one under on his round. Uh, Ruki Hoshino is two under for the round to move to one over. Guido Miliozzi, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not betting on him based on his name, but I do think his name is super awesome, uh, is one under for the day. That brings him to even par. Next guy in contention to get going appears to be uh, this group here at 11:16. That includes Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka, along with Francesco Molinari all at even par. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America live from Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining us here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Candy along with James Salinas. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there celebrating and I know that includes our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel who joins us here to talk through Game 7 in the East and Game 1 in the West. Uh, John, has Diego gone all out for you here today on Father's Day? 
Uh, yeah, actually, I've, I've already gotten, I got, I woke up to an omelet and a cup of coffee. How about that? Um, I, I assume he made it. I mean, that's what I was told. Oh, yeah. Uh, as a two-year-old going on three in a couple of months, uh, I feel like my son is very advanced. Uh, well, I mean, you don't get to be a senior NBA analyst by having a toddler who can't make an omelet and coffee, quite honestly. Uh, it's very impressive, very impressive ahead of the game. John, uh, let's get to the action here. On the court, Game 7 between the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers uh, flashed up to 7 for a while yesterday, back to 6.5 here now. Total sitting 216 here. Uh Bogdanovich still questionable for the Hawks and the Sixers as close to health as you're going to get. Uh, how are you handicapping the matchup between Philly and Atlanta? So, look, I, I've been pretty simple about this, Adam, and I don't mean to sound dismissive of the Hawks because there's, I don't think there's a team that has earned more respect, a single player than Trey Young who has earned more respect over the course of this postseason. But I think it's really clear when you've watched this series up to this point, this is about what the Philadelphia 76ers have failed to do as opposed to what the Atlanta Hawks have done. You know, the 76ers, for four consecutive games before last one, held double-digit leads in all of those games at one point. They won two of them by double digits, and then they blew the two halftime leads that they had. This is all about whether or not the 76ers want to execute because they have some massive mismatches that they can exploit. Joel Embiid, they have no answer for them, the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young has been trying, the Hawks have trying to hide on Trey Young on Seth Curry, and that hasn't been working for the Atlanta Hawks. And now, you mentioned Bogdanovich and the knee issue, so now one of your better perimeter defenders, one of your better three-point shooters and scorers, is a little banged up. So this has been all about whether Philadelphia wants to come out and execute in the half court when the game slows down, especially in the second half, which give them credit. They actually did in the last game. And if they can do that, then they're going to win this game. Because even after a 3-2 series deficit going into that last contest, guys, they had a plus 4.8 net rating in the series. It shows you the edge that this team has. It's just whether or not they want to take advantage of it. So, look, Philadelphia after game one, win this thing at pick at minus 110. I've gotten off a little bit of that with Trey Young and the Hawks at plus 540. But either way, this is a series that I think the Hawks are a little up against it in terms of matchups. And if Bogdanovich isn't going to be healthy, I think they're going to find themselves back at home once this game is all over JVT, you mentioned pace of play, and for Philadelphia, especially with Embiid, he's not going to run the court as it is with the bad wheel here, and pace of play, if it slows down, and typically we see that in game sevens, you know, you're going to value the ball more and uh, not take as many quick shots. You want to work your sets and, and make sure you're getting good looks at the basket. Where do you sit on the total here? We continue to see this. It open around 217. It's dropped down. I see a couple 215s, as a matter of fact, now with this total, so it's obviously ticking down towards the under do you have a position on this total, or what's your opinion about where this pace of play is going to be for this Game 7? So, James, I don't have a position, but I will say I agree with the market move. Like, look, you mentioned it. Even when Joel Embiid's fully healthy, this is not a team that is, you know, fully, it's not, you know, up and down the court. You know, those those possessions happen, but it happens in the, the time that Joel Embiid's on the bench and Ben Simmons is running the offense. He tends to get up and down the floor a little bit more, fits the game a little bit better. But you have the two things that work with you, right, if you're betting this under. One, Joel Embiid's healthy. He's probably going to have a large minute load today, so this game's going to be a little bit slower. It's a game seven. This series already has been relatively slow-paced as well. Uh, and then you have on the other end, I mentioned Bogdanovich a little banged up. So what's the offensive output like for him? 
I think this is, this has all the makings of a cliched, slow-paced Game 7. You know, both of these teams benefit that this is going to be a little bit slower, but the 76ers even more so because they have them beat out there. I think you're going to get a little bit of a rock fight here today, and that plays a little bit more, I think, into what the Philadelphia 76ers want to do. So correlated a little bit to side and total, but I agree with the market here. I think that this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I think this is probably going to go under, especially that opening number of 217. You know, I wouldn't shy away from like a 216 and a half or a 216, uh, but I agree with the market that this is going under the total. Out in Phoenix, your Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Suns. Uh, we get understudies on a Sunday afternoon. No Kawhi Leonard, no Chris Paul in this game. Uh, we've already seen a little bit of the Clippers minus Kawhi Leonard in the last couple of games. What are you making of the Suns minus Chris Paul here? Suns laying 4, 220 the total. You know, I'm just, Adam, I'm very, I guess I shouldn't say I'm surprised, but I kind of am about the the market support here and just the power rating here on the Phoenix Suns, right? Like just how much there is in terms of the respect for the Suns without Chris Paul. Like we're still setting that four across the board. The Suns minus four is a number with Chris Paul in the lineup, or at least that's what I kind of expected. And when Chris Paul was officially ruled out, it's funny, we tend to see this all the time with the market, right? Where if the star is not going to play, the market hedges in the direction that the star isn't going to play. We still see a reaction on the number, but open four has been sitting at four. Paul's officially ruled out. We're still at four. So, you know, if there is in just like licking your finger and testing the wind. There, there's a lot of support for Phoenix, just looking over their social media, looking at some of the market support, anything like that. And I am kind of surprised. And look, uh, you take this to the grain of salt. One of the things that I have been kind of uh, hit on, or miss on a lot throughout the regular season was, you know, I wasn't sure how good Phoenix is. And this is still a quality team, don't get me wrong. But if you've improved their power rating after beating, you know, beating the Los Angeles Lakers who had injury problems, especially losing Anthony Davis, and then beating the shorthanded Denver Nuggets, you know, I don't know how much I'm taking away from those two series wins, right? So I sit back and I'm looking at this. The Clippers still have their small ball lineup out there that they can force DeAndre Ayton out of space. I think Ayton's a little bit better off, maybe, out of space defensively than Rudy Gobert, but still the 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 advantages that you have with a small ball lineup are still going to be there for the Los Angeles Clippers. And I like it's funny how we do this with the whole narrative, right? It's like, hey, after game seven, that's a tough turnaround for game one, and it's the same thing. Hey, man, tough closeout game. Now they're going to come back and play a day later. You know, you can spin that any way you want, right? We could talk about that being something poor. We can talk about the fact that this team's been playing elimination basketball for a while now, and they're ready to go. And so I think you have all these match advantages. I think this team has been playing very well. It's a team that I think has been undervalued by the market since losing Kawhi Leonard. Look what's happened in the last two games, right? They closed as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs in Utah. They closed as home dogs at home to the Utah Jazz in game six, the closeout game. Clearly the market, I think, is a little behind at least how good this Clippers team is. So I thought this should have been closer to like two-and-a-half. That's what I was expecting uh, when this uh, news came down at Chris Paul, but it's been pretty static. So I took a little of four here with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, you know, there's obviously a realm where they lose this game, but no Chris Paul and the lineup advantage that they have. I think they're going to be pretty live here today. JVT, I'm right there with you. I took the four as well. I was really surprised that we didn't see a bigger shift once it was announced yep. Chris Paul was out. And and I think for the Clippers, they're used to playing without Kawhi Leonard, not only in the Jazz series, but he missed 20 games during the regular season. So this is a team that knows how to play without their superstar championship caliber player out there on the floor, as opposed to the Suns. We, uh, new season for the Suns having Chris Paul in the lineup, and he's clearly the leader of this team. But I think that's really where it's going to play out today is as we get into the 
the second half, and in particular the fourth quarter, it gets to be a close game. You don't have Chris Paul out there as your leader. He only missed two games during the regular season, so I'm not really sure what that's going to look like from the Suns' side, but I clearly know what the Clippers' side is going to look like. What about the pace of play and the tempo sitting at this total seems pretty high, too, sitting at 220. So I, this is what I'm really intrigued about, James, because I feel like, you know, you thirst me up. Phoenix, I think, really wants to play this a little bit slower, right? They were a bottom, uh, bottom 20 team. I think they finished 24th, if I remember correctly, uh, in pace in the regular season. They're a team that operates mostly in the half court. But what's pretty fascinating about it is, as you mentioned, you know, that's with Chris Paul in command of everything and then, you know, only having two games without him. And we know how Chris Paul likes to play this game. It's very much commanding every single second of the game, slowing the game down, playing half court. And without his presence out there, I wonder how much this opens up for Phoenix and you get a little bit quicker. And if you get more early shots to the shot clock, because Paul's not out there dictating everything in terms of pace of play and, and what plays are called, all of those things. So I think this is kind of relative unknown because I think the Clippers are pretty fine going up and down the floor played relatively quickly. They were really good in transition in that series against the Utah Jazz. Again, going back to the matchup of playing a true big like the Suns are going to, you can kind of mess with Aiden a little bit if you're going to get up and down the floor, and I think that's what the, the, uh, the Clippers want to do. So again, kind of like we were talking about with this Hawks game, you know, maybe this is a little correlated to the side. You know, If you like the Suns, this is going to be a game that I think you want to go under and be relatively slow-paced. But if the Clippers arrive like you do, like I do, this uh, I think this might be one of those games where this could be a pretty higher scoring than we think it is. So I tend to lean to the over because I do like the Clippers here today. I think they'll command pace to play a little bit more. Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN, joining us on Betting Across America. We now update the NBA futures for the finals here. John, Bucks 170, Suns 275, Clips 425 along with the Sixers. Hawks are long at 25 to 1. Let's assume someone does not already have a position they're invested in. Is there anything here that would be of interest to you? No, I think, you know, Adam, I'm, I'm always of the mindset it's kind of boring, but, like, this isn't the time to look at the futures board, right? Like, we know they have five teams left. Uh, that are alive at this point, you're better off like betting series and rolling that thing over to the next round. If you if you think a team is going to win or, or move along or you know win the NBA Finals, you know I, I really think that at this point, like you should have gotten your futures prices you know, a while ago. And you know you there is now that's not to say you can't right. You know for example, I have the Clippers at eleven to one to win the whole thing, but I bet that during the Mavericks series when they were down three uh, two right in that series. So. If throughout the series, there's opportunities to do it. But at this point right now, we have like a game one in the Western Conference Finals. We have game seven and another team moving on to the next round and waiting for their opponent. This isn't the time to do it. The time to do it is when the team that you believe uh, right, is going to win the finals finds itself in a series deficit. And when those finals uh, odds get adjusted, then you can jump in like I did with the Clippers. But I think at this point right now, at least today, there, there really isn't anything on the board that's worth jumping on. So, JVT, speaking about today, we talked about the Sixers game against the Hawks, and I did take the seven. I just took the number. I like this, the, the seven there with the Hawks, but I feel like it, this is going to be Philadelphia winning and advancing here. What can you take away if that's the case and Philadelphia moves on and now they will host game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against Milwaukee? What do you take away from Milwaukee, not only last night being able to, to survive that huge shot by KD, win in overtime, and move and, move and survive and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, if that is the matchup, which way are you leaning when you talk about a whole new set of matchups now with Giannis having to go against Embiid? By the way, did you guys see this story that was posted on social media today that Kevin Durant apparently wears shoe sizes a size bigger than he's supposed to because it's more comfortable for him? So imagine that. If he had worn a size like regularly, that, that series is over. They win that thing because of his tone and the end of regulation. It's crazy. But no, I think 
you know, I, I tend to think an early lean James to Milwaukee. Like, I just, I've been really bothered by the offensive execution of Philadelphia, right? And I, and I think you can get away with that in a series against Atlanta, right? Where you have the talent discrepancy in your favor. Where Joel Embiid, there is no answer for him. Where there is a clear weakness on the defensive end for Atlanta and Trey Young, and you can exploit that with Steph Curry. But when you get to this matchup with Milwaukee, you're dead even if not at a talent disadvantage when it comes to that series, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday, who you'd expect to play a little bit better on the offensive end. He woke up a little bit at the end of that game against Brooklyn. But I, I just think when you're talking about having a negative 20 net rating in the fourth quarter of this series against the Atlanta Hawks going into the last game, the fact that your fourth quarter and half-court offense just bogs down in such a big way at times, you're not going to get away with that against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are going to be able to execute a little bit better in the half-court than the Atlanta Hawks have. You're not going to hold the Bucks to about 34% shooting from the perimeter like you have with the Atlanta Hawks. So at the end of the day, you know, I think this is going to be a gritty series. I think it's going to be an ugly one like we just watched with Brooklyn, right? pretty slow-paced and generally not attractive to watch to the eye. But I think at the end of the day, like the, the path is going to be there for the Milwaukee Bucks to make it to the East, or to, me, to the NBA Finals, because I just I have not been thrilled with watching Philadelphia execute in the half court offensively. John, real shame that we didn't get to see these Brooklyn Nets at full speed throughout yep. the playoffs, right? Kevin Durant is now 32, Harden's 31, Kyrie Irving 29. You assume that we're at least in prime years for another year or two uh, with these guys, but. Uh, what do you think, looking at this Brooklyn roster, do they need to make changes, if any, or is it just about getting the guys healthy and ready for next year? No, I think it's about getting it healthy, right? Like, think about what happened. You know, we saw the first two games of Brooklyn after game two. Like, there was a gap between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, right, when Brooklyn was fully healthy and ready to go, at least with, you know, Kyrie fully healthy and or James Harden. You know, if you get two of the three that are at full, at full go, I think that this is a different series. And look, and it's not even just that, right, guys? Joe Harris, a guy who shot nearly 50% of the regular season, all of a sudden just disappeared the last four games. A guy who shot, like, is a really good shooter, shot under 30% from three through the last four games. Like, little things like that on top of the health really turn this series in favor of Milwaukee. So I, I think if you're Brooklyn, you're staying the course. Like, you know, bad landing on, on Giannis's foot and Harden's bad hamstring. A guy, by the way, who has been an Ironman. Missed me with the whole Harden's injury problem. Watch basketball. He hasn't been. He's an Ironman, dude. Like, if you just run this back, you can bring back Joe Harris. The other ancillary pieces, Bruce Brown's up for a contract extension as well. I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be just fine. The health is the big key here, but if they're going to be healthy going into the next postseason, they should be the favorites. Yeah, it was pretty obvious the, the uh, gap we saw in those first two games, and uh, we will wait with anticipation, hope to get a few more games together for that big three next year. Uh, John, before we let you go, I, I know you became one of our minted golf sharps during the Masters with your Matsuyama play. A anything sitting around here on the U.S. Open? No, nah, just sitting back and watching. You know, I've been, been a little mixed up in this thing called the NBA postseason, so I've been a little distracted oh. with every side so play anything on um, this U.S. Open. Interesting. Uh, a man who can't diversify. Very interesting. All right, well, we'll, we'll mark it on your report card. Uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, yeah, Senior NBA <laughs> Analyst here at Visa. We appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Major League Baseball, uh, plenty of runs being scored today. Toronto just got on the board on a Bo Bichette single to right field, scoring McGuire. That knots that game up at one all between Toronto and Baltimore. Washington with a 2-1 lead over the Mets. Oakland one nothing over the New York Yankees. And the Indians have a one nothing lead in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. When we come back, we will... 
keep talking a little bit of NFL, also get you ready for what's happening in the NBA and NHL and some later baseball starts as well. Thanks for spending part of your Father's Day Sunday here with us on VEASAN, betting across America from Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado. Back in a moment here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. 
Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back into Betting Across America. From Las Vegas and Denver, Adam Candy and James Salinas, as we look forward to a few more baseball games later on this evening. Uh, James, I have to give full credit to our producer, Steph Kamershack, for these stats because, wow, uh, let's talk Diamondbacks and Dodgers, uh, largely because we need to talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, Gonsolin at Young today, Dodgers 180. Diamondbacks plus 165, total nine, uh, juice to the under. The Diamondbacks have lost 16 consecutive games. The Diamondbacks have lost 23 consecutive games on the road. In their last 32 games, the Arizona Diamondbacks are 2-30, and 29-52 and 52 on the season. So let me just ask you a question from a betting perspective. Does a team like that simply become an auto-fade for you, or are you really taking a close look at a matchup here like the Dodgers and Diamondbacks and trying to draw something out of it? The do theory. They're due, aren't they? Aren't they due to, <laughs> to beat somebody at some point? Yeah, it's totally matchup. And right now with the, with the D-backs, now they had a, they've had a lot of injuries to their lineup for most of the season. So that's been a struggle for them. And you know, they've got some injuries to their pitching staff as well. Their bullpen is just a disaster. And so they've had to use a lot of spot starters. I mean, it's just been a, a spiraling. You talked about it, two out of, what, 32? I mean, uh, yeah, do you want to try to, you want to try to go and say there's the do factor here with the Diamondbacks. I mean, so as you're looking at the matchups here and even with the, the pitching matchup for the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have some injuries too, especially within that lineup, but there's still plenty of other professional hitters that have high-quality professional hitters for that Dodgers team. It's 
Yeah, for the Diamondbacks, I think every year there's always optimism. At least in Arizona, there is about the Diamondbacks, and then it quickly fades. But now it doesn't usually fade this quickly when you're on such a tailspin. I don't want anything to do with the Diamondbacks. I'm not going to be looking for any kind of – I know we throw the word value around all the time and value at home with his dogs and the and the Diamondbacks as a, a plus 160 dog in some places here, but not a team that I want to have to try to get and say, this is the game that they're due. They're going to win a game and put two, two wins in a row – uh, two wins together in a row to win at some point, but is this the day to even get that started? I say no. I don't want anything. To, I don't want anything to do with any of their games going forward until they start to have a little bit of a streak to turn around. Mookie Betts will sit today, at least in the starting lineup for the Los Angeles Dodgers, if that factors into anyone's handicap of this game. Uh, in the ones that just got started, Cardinals already out to a 2 nothing lead behind Adam Wainwright uh, against Bryce Wilson. Game one of a doubleheader there. Total 7.5 live. The Braves plus 225 to come back. No score between the White Sox and the Astros or the Red Sox and the Royals. Pirates just added one to tie the game in the bottom of the sixth inning against the Cleveland Indians. That is a one-all contest from PNC Park in Pittsburgh. The Toronto Blue Jays, in what felt like an inevitability, finally get to Matt Harvey. They had the bases loaded in the first inning. It is now 3-1 to one, Toronto leading the Orioles, and they're going to add to that with a bloop single in the left field, make it 4-1 for Toronto over Baltimore. I mean, really a four-horse race in the AL East there with uh, everyone except the Baltimore Orioles. Sean Manaya continues to deal for the Oakland A's. Eight strikeouts for Manaya as the A's lead the Yankees 1-0. That game has moved to the bottom of the fifth inning. Total down to 5.5 with uh, the Yankees plus 123 to come back. The Oakland A's sitting there minus 155. Uh, Marlins and Cubs about to get underway, as we mentioned earlier. Twins and Rangers in just a moment as well. And then the Colorado Rockies will host the Brewers at a 12-10 p.m. Pacific start. You've got Chi-Chi Gonzalez and Eric Lauer uh, going for the Rockies and the Brewers, respectively, than games after that. A little bit later on in the day. When we come back here on Bay Across America, I get you updated on what's going on at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego. We start the day with a three-way tie for the lead, but it's not those guys that are going to get the attention. It's that pack chasing that has some of the best names in golf, which should be a fantastic final round here on your Father's Day. Thanks for joining us here on Betting Across America. More coming in a minute on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our recent experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on vcin.com slash MLB, as well as our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time. Start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at vcin.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back to Betting Across America on your Father's Day Sunday afternoon from Las Vegas and Denver. Adam Candy and James Salinas taking you through the U.S. Open scoreboard as we're starting to get more of the guys closer to contention getting out onto the course updating you on the live odds to win the tournament uh, no changes obviously because most of the leaders are still yet to go Louis Tazen who is in a three-way tie for the lead at five under with Russell Henley and Mackenzie Hughes at plus 335 to Shambo and McElroy both a couple of shots off are at five to one Russell Henley at seven Mackenzie Hughes at eight and uh, actually make that nine now. John Rahm, 10 to 1. Uh, he was the pre-tournament favorite. He is within contention as well. And so we will keep you posted as the day goes along. Stay tuned to the Green Zone with Brady and Wes coming up in just a few minutes here. And they will have the all the way down the back stretch of the Torrey Pines U.S. Open. And we will keep you posted there. Uh, James, I, I know that it's not always... Um, shall we say, couth uh, to choose the favorite of your children, right? You can't say you have a favorite kid, right? You just, whichever kid's in front of you is your favorite kid. Uh, we have a segment here called My Favorite Favorite. You're going to have to pick your favorite of these favorites uh, here on Father's Day. College football, looking forward to conference futures here. We're just going to look at the Power Five here uh, as we see one prohibitive favorite, and then some pretty short-ish ones, and then one conference that's pretty wide open. The ACC, Clemson is 9-1 to one, uh, as a favorite to win the AFC. I should say they are minus 900 uh, to win the ACC. Alabama minus 155 in the SEC. Ohio State minus 150 in the Big Ten. Oklahoma with the presumptive preseason Heisman favorite and Spencer Rattler at minus 140 to win the Big 12 and USC at plus 250 out in the Pac-12. So why don't you go ahead and get started with your rankings, starting from the top of who you think is the best bet as a favorite at those odds. Yeah, started with Ohio State and just looking at the Big Ten Conference and who's going to challenge Ohio State? Yeah, always they lost a lot of talent. They lose a lot of talent to the NFL year in and year out and still are constantly competing for the Big Ten title as well as getting into the national championship, getting into the playoff and, and contending for the national championship. And then looking at, well, what 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 is the Big Ten going to look like next year and what kind of is Indiana going to have as sensational of a season as they did last year? And keep in mind, most of those most of those games that were played across college football, for the most part, were in at, at what at best maybe 25% capacity, some no capacity whatsoever as far as fans in the stands. Do we see Indiana some regression from the Hoosiers last year? And the Penn State looked awful. Michigan, what has happened to Michigan? What a disaster season! Well, where's that program going? Transfers out, and what a mess. So I just I can't see anybody from not only on the east side of that division to challenge Ohio State to get to the Big Ten title game but then on the other side to beat them we saw what happened in Northwestern when they competed against them in that title game and I don't see Iowa being a contender there either and Wisconsin another bad you know a subpar year for them I'm not really sure I just can't find another contender in there to challenge Ohio State so that's where I put them top of my list Ohio State of all those plays plus it's a short number as it is anyhow so like the short number too. 
It's really hard to argue with that based on the rest of the competition, right? I'm not sure that I believe that, you know, Ohio State is necessarily uh, into the college football playoff where we're stand right now, but you look around the rest of that conference and there's no team that gives you any sort of strong feeling. I mean, even look at Penn State sitting there at 6-1. to one. It was the second-best team in the conference last year uh, for a law, large part of the season, and there's nothing to make you believe that they're going to be able to compete with what the depth of Ohio State is. Uh, so I'm with you. I, that, that sits at the top of my list. The bottom of your list, uh, you've got Alabama, then Oklahoma, then Clemson. You've got USC at plus 250 in the Pac-12 last. Is that about USC or is that about the conference? It's partially about USC, but I don't think they're the best team in their division in the South. I think Utah is. I think that the best coach to, in my mind in in that conference is Whittingham with Utah and last year, and it's hard to gauge anything from last year because there's such a condensed short season. They only played, depending on who you were, you only played a handful of games and you know, it was, I think for Utah with the quarterback situation, I think that'll be rectified through the transfer portal with the uh, Brewer kid coming over from Baylor and I just, I, I'm just a winning, Whittingham fan and I like the style that he brings the identity that he gives to that Utah Utes team year in and year out I think they're the best team in the south so I think to win the south so uh, you you eliminate USC right I just eliminate USC right there because I think Utah is the best team and will be the best coach team in all of the Pac-12 yeah, the one that I'm going to put at the bottom is Clemson, and it's not because I think anyone is seriously going to challenge Clemson in the ACC. It's that I am in no way excited about locking up money for the length of time that I would have to well into December at minus 900. I mean, we can look and see North Carolina at 7-1, to Miami at 8-1, to NC State 18 gets pretty long after that. Uh, Clemson can survive injuries. Clemson can survive a loss somewhere along the way. I mean, uh, you know, Ungalele is going to come out there and be a Heisman contender from everything that we've seen. But at the same time, do you really want to have to place that bet and have your money uh, sitting there locked up with the amount of variables that could get involved for you to potentially lose that at minus 900? I would, uh, I would pass on that. The other one that would be Fairly close to the top of the list for me would be Oklahoma, and I know that's dangerous. Oklahoma hasn't played defense mostly uh, in the 2000s, but uh, Oklahoma minus 140 with what we saw from Rattler as a freshman last year. Uh, look, Texas is in year one with Sarkeesian. Uh, I'm very impressed by what Campbell did at Iowa State. Uh, that being said, I need to see it again with that team before I would believe it. Uh, Oklahoma should be able offensively to compete with just about anybody in the country. Uh, you saw Rattler grow throughout the year, and you saw his uh, ability to run this offense at a high tempo, and I think Oklahoma should be considered strongly in that number two spot on my list, uh, and that's largely because as much as you can love Alabama in any given year, the SEC is going to continue to put out tough competition week in and week out, certainly on a higher level than what you get out of the Big 12. When we come back, of course, game seven between the Hawks and the Sixers is upcoming later tonight. We'll take a look at the props for that game. Both Joel Embiid and Trey Young have point props over 30 in a game that we expect to be fairly low scoring. What do we think about the over or the under on those? I'll tell you more in a moment. It's betting across America here from VEASAN and VEASAN.com.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. 
Sign up today and win $100. If you place a $1 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome, simply use bonus code BSIN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. And, of course, we have a game at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. today. So we welcome in uh, the new BetMGM users who just have had the opportunity in the last couple of weeks to start using the BetMGM app at Nationals Park and within a couple of block radius there in D.C. You are tuned in to Betting Across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Happy Father's Day to everyone celebrating out there. Um, I, I mean, it's just my dog. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dog dad, so I'm, I don't think he's going to do anything for me today. But uh, then again, you know, he's a dog. I don't really expect much. Uh, James Salinas has children who are going to celebrate with him today. We already know the smoker is up and running, and we're only going to keep him for about another 10 minutes before he goes and gets to some of that good food. Uh, James, let's uh, let's first start out taking a look here and recapping the NBA and kind of getting everybody set here for what we have here tonight, starting with the 76ers and the Hawks game seven in the Eastern conference, eight Oh five PM Eastern start Sixers minus six and a half pregame total two sixteen. Just your, your quick overview recap of, of what you're expecting. As I know uh, you did take the points with the Hawks. I did take the seven, and it was more so uh, just the number for me. Sometimes you're betting teams and matchups, and sometimes you're betting number. And in this case here, I bet the number plus the seven with the Hawks. I think this is a team that, yeah, they've reached their limit. I don't think they win this game, but seven was just too big of a number for me to pass up in a game where I think we've seen for both sides, but in particular for Philadelphia, the struggles consistently on the offensive side that has allowed Atlanta to hang around and get to game seven. Now, yeah, the the Hawks had an opportunity to to close out this series at home in game six, but this is a resilient team. This is a young team that really, they're not supposed to be there. They don't have anything to lose and there's no pressure on them. And I think playing as loose as they have, they played very well in Philadelphia so far in this series. And I just think about that game five scenario where they were down uh, 20 some odd points in that third quarter. This is a team that's not just going to throw in the towel uh, because they don't have anything to lose and because they can shoot the basketball leader led by Trey Young. And what a sensational playoff series in this Philadelphia against the Sixers, as well as the Knicks series. And that's what I'm banking on here, that this team, they're, they're going to compete for 48 minutes. And I think for Philadelphia, they're going to continue to have those lulls offensively. Uh, are we going to see the same game off the bench for Maxi that we saw in game six? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to bet that we will. I'm going to bet that we continue to see the same competitive Hawks team led by Trey Young hang around, make it competitive, make it a close game, probably not win and, and upset the Sixers in this series, but I like them plus the seven. Props for this game with a, remember, total of 216. So let's look through some of the point props first for Atlanta. Trey Young is at 30.5, John Collins 15.5, Kevin Herter 12.5, Capella 
at 11.5, which is also the same number that is on the board for Clint Capella for rebounds. On the other side, Joel Embiid, 31.5 points, 12.5 rebounds. Tobias Harris, 16.5, same number for Seth Curry. Ben Simmons, how the mighty have fallen, down to 12.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists. Trey Young's three-pointer prop at 2.5, his assist prop at 10.5 James, we talked about the fact that we think this is going to be a slower-paced game. Uh, Jonathan Von Tobel joined us earlier and said that uh, he does not mind the idea of playing under 216, even with the number having moved down from 218 at open. So uh, would you be leaning toward unders on the props that we've discussed thus far for the Hawks and the Sixers? I think so. I think that here's here's one advantage that I have out here in Denver, out here in Colorado for that matter, Adam, is that I have the ability to have live in-game props plays on players. So when we're talking about point totals, it, there are a couple sites that give you in-game props. And I think that's where what I want to see is how is this game going to be officiated? We've seen Joel Embiid live at the free throw line. At least he did through the first five games where he had multiple games of double digits, 15, 16 attempts at the free throw line did not get that in game six how are they going to officiate this in game seven and i think we tend to see hopefully and hope i think we're all fingers crossed we're hoping that the officials swallowed the whistle let the players decide the game out there on the court not sitting at the free throw line and i think that's probably where with when we're talking about the props that's probably where i'll look to get involved if i'm going to do something but one of the props that i was digging into you talked about i talked about trey young and his three points now three point made it was two and a half it was juice pretty high uh, but I did find some alternate props, and I kind of like this with, and it's plus money. So I'm always, I'm always a sucker for the plus money. I think for being as frugal as I am when I'm, when it comes to laying big juice on any kind of bet, Adam. And I did find one for four three point made or more for Trey Young. It's sitting at plus 170. I think for Trey Young, yeah, he's been great sharing the ball, facilitating the offense, getting his teammates involved. But this is a guy that can shoot the ball. He and he has done it as soon as he crossed half court and right at that circ- at the jump circle logo he's firing those up and shoots with confidence I think he's going to have plenty of opportunities based on the ball screen and, and the, how Philadelphia has struggled in matching up with Trey Young throughout this playoff not only getting in but also getting open shots I'm probably going to go there with Trey Young making four threes or more plus 170. Boy that has changed quite a bit because I cashed a decent ticket on Trey Young over two and a half at plus 160 earlier on uh, in the playoffs so that has become a bigger part of the game. The earlier game, the 3.35 p.m. Eastern start between the Clippers and the Suns game, one of the Western Conference finals, as the shorthanded Clippers with no Kawhi Leonard visit the shorthanded Suns with no Chris Paul. Uh, You, I believe, are on the same side as Jonathan Montobel on this with the Clippers. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting comment that John made earlier to say that he's surprised not to have seen more movement in the number based on the absence of Chris Paul. It is at Suns 4 where it opened. It flashed up to 5 for a minute yesterday and the total is down from the opening 221 and a half to 220. I didn't get the five. I was waiting because I wanted to find out what was going to be the status of Chris Paul. And once it was determined he was not going to play, it only went down a point. And so it's sitting where it opened is sitting at minus four. And that's where I took it in favor of the Clippers plus the four. I think for, and the question marks about Kawhi Leonard, I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to be available for this series, but 
we're talking about a Clippers team that is used to playing without Kawhi Leonard. He did it in the last, they did it in the last couple games in that Utah Jazz series and played extremely well sharing the basketball and a lot of ventured players out there taking and making big shots, playing with a lot of confidence. And not only from the series with the Jazz playing without Kawhi, but they played 20 games during the regular season without Kawhi Leonard. So this is a team that is used to adjusting its rotation and making ma- and adjusting their matchups based on their opponent. And we saw that with the Jazz with Coach Tyron Liu going small against Gobert and that Jazz defense. I think we'll kind of see the sim- something potentially similar here. Do they go small with Batum out there? Try to pull DeAndre Ayton away from the basket. And I, I just think the-, the absence of Chris Paul, I think the Suns probably get off to a hot start in game one early. They've been sitting for a week. They're rested. They really feed off that crowd. It's a great home crowd, great energy that the Suns fans bring when they're playing in Phoenix. But I think as the game progresses, that's really where the absence of Chris Paul is going to show up in the second half, in that fourth quarter, where, you know, Chris Paul is the guy that facilitates the entire offense and he is the leader of that team. Well, he played with this team this first year with the Suns, but he played the entire season with them. He only missed two games out of the 72 total games that the Suns play in the regular season. So I'm not really sure what it's going to look like for the Suns, and they may not either come fourth quarter when you got a game slows down, it gets into a half-court set. Who's going to facilitate? Who's going to be running those sets? Their leader is not going to be there. I think that's where it really shows up. No Chris Paul comes second half is where it becomes a detriment for the Suns, and that's why I like the Clippers plus the four today. I'll be looking the same place that I'm generally looking in this game uh, with the props, and that's to Jay Crowder and his three-pointers, two-and-a-half on Jay Crowder. Uh, I think it's going to be even more incumbent upon the Phoenix Suns to distribute the scoring. I think Jay Crowder will get the attempts. Uh, check your juice, of course, before you play an over on that. But Paul George, 29-and-a-half. Devin Booker, 29-and-a-half. Uh, I'll ask you about this one because I think it's interesting. Terrence Mann, the breakout star of Game 6 of the semifinals, 13-and-a-half for a guy we probably couldn't have picked out of a lineup uh, about two months ago. Uh, do you think that is appropriate or do you think that's an overreaction to what we've seen? I'm on the fence with that one because we heard earlier in this in the Utah series he didn't play in game one it was it was uh, play or Rondo playing in the playoffs for that game one and then quickly Tyrone Lou made the adjustment and started to get more minutes for Terrence Mann and not as many minutes for Rondo because I think for this series when it comes to player props because not only with Kawhi but more so with Chris Paul being out with the Suns I've got to see how that offense is going to look for the Phoenix Suns and are they going to have to try to play more through the post. It can't just strictly be all on Devin Booker, not only to score, but also having to facilitate the offense. He doesn't do that. He plays off the ball. Is he going to be the one that's bringing the ball up? Or in this case here, even if he's not bringing the ball up, is he going to be the one once they get into their set that has to facilitate that offense in the loss of Chris Paul? And do the Suns try to play through the post more with DeAndre Ayton? His point total is sitting, I saw it at 13 and a half earlier, is up to 14 and a half in some spots, juice to the over. I think Ayton's going to have to be involved off offensively, which he can be. I might be looking for eight points out of the paint. Play the over with DeAndre Aiden to score over 14 and a half points tonight. The under that I would be looking at is Cameron Payne at 15 and a half points. Uh, Patrick Beverly on defense is probably going to make life pretty difficult on Cameron Payne. Of course, we don't know how he's going to react to taking on that load. Happy Father's Day to James and to all the dads out there. Stay tuned for the Green Zone coming up here in just a moment on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.